You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to, but first off, hope you had a great Independence Day weekend. Food, family, and fun. Also some fireworks, hopefully, for you guys to celebrate the weekend. A lot of BYU news to cover today. We'll talk about some news involving Larry Scott, the Pac-12 commissioner, some comments he made over the weekend that should make us pause and really look at what we think this upcoming football season might look like. We'll talk about those. We'll also talk about our best player to wear the number 59 in a BYU uniform. Some of you who know your BYU-Utah rivalry history probably know where we're going in that regard. We'll talk about that on today's podcast and, of course, catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. A top-rated uh, recruiting class for BYU men's volleyball announced over the weekend that we'll break down for you in a little bit as well. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at rockauto.com as well as our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you about both of those companies as the podcast rolls out today. And with that rundown out of the way, Let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 6th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network, and thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast, your original daily podcast, focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. A lot to get to on a Monday, but hopefully you guys had a great weekend. I hope you guys enjoyed the bonus editions we did despite the holiday. The Player Countdown series rolls on, and we stop for nobody. We're doing podcasts every day, and hopefully you guys are enjoying them as much as I enjoy bringing them to you guys each and every day. If you're new to this podcast, just finding us, we are a daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Our goal here is to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each day, as well as insider information that you will not find anywhere else. That way you guys can be the smartest BYU fans in the room. We just want to make it fun to be a BYU fan. And obviously a lot of concern with COVID-19 right now. A lot of us really wondering, okay, we're now 59 days away from BYU and Utah being scheduled to kick off the college football season and we'll get to our player countdown series here in just a second and it very much has a rivalry feel to it today and we'll talk about that but uh You look at it and the COVID-19 cases continue to climb up and up. Uh, MLS, Major League Soccer, expected to open up their MLS's back tournament this week, uh, two days away from today, July 8th. They've had a number of teams who have had positive tests due to COVID-19. They've sidelined some teams for for the foreseeable future, it appears, and we'll see how that works out. We're also going to see if the NBA can pull off their resumption of their season at the end of this month. July 30th is when they're supposed to start up here locally where I work, the Utah Jazz. I work for the Utah Jazz radio station, the Zone Sports Network. The Jazz are supposed to fly to Orlando tomorrow to get ready for the resumption of the season. If it comes off, it's anybody's guess as if how it's going to go. I hope that it happens, and that means I hope that college football and the NFL come back this fall. But I don't think any of us can say with any certainty right now what is going to happen. And that's echoing some comments from Larry Scott, the Pac-12 commissioner. And he talked, uh, let me double check on this. He talked uh, to uh, the March Madness 365 podcast with Andy Katz. Uh, It's a NCAA social series is what they're calling it. And his latest guests were Commissioner Larry Scott from the Pac-12 and NCAA Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Brian Hainline. 
in this uh, conversation, there was a question about now that some universities, USC in particular, this is a question for Larry Scott, have announced that they'll be shifting to mostly online classes. What will the impact be on fall, spot, fall sports, excuse me, notably college football? I'm going to read Larry Scott's response here, and he says, quote, this is a very dynamic situation, and we are going to have to be flexible. We have tried to be careful not to make any decisions to get locked in earlier than we need to. We are learning a lot quickly, and the situation is rapidly changing. The window is narrowed at both USC and UCLA as far as the cohort of students who will be allowed on campus. They've limited the number of students who will be on campus, except for those who have a good reason to be there. There are many students who work in labs or are doing research or in the performing arts who need to have hands-on experiences who will be on campus. I think that leaves open the window for student-athletes if we decide to proceed. And that's the big, uh, I guess, the lead right there, if we decide to proceed, speaking of the Pac-12. Larry Scott, I know he's a guy that a lot of people like to make fun of, and he obviously has his flaws as a commissioner. I don't think he's necessarily a top-of-the-line commissioner, but a very interesting point there that if some students are going to be allowed back on campus, well, why wouldn't these universities allow student-athletes to be back on campus? And I think that leaves open the opportunity for the college football season to take place this fall, but we all have to be very careful, like he said, in locking themselves into something that is too early and it's too stringent to allow them to be flexible with whatever's going on. As he said, there's all kinds of different things. It's rapidly changing to use his exact words. And I think we all understand that. We don't know exactly what this virus is ultimately going to do. We don't know if it's all of a sudden going to go dormant for a time. There's always been talk of that from the time it first uh, showed up on the scene, but you look at it And it very much is a case that they have to be very flexible with this. Later on in this podcast, he actually had a great question um, asking about uh, where do you stand on waivers and scholarship protection for student athletes who don't feel comfortable competing during the pandemic? Because we've seen a number of NBA players have opted out of the NBA restart, Major League Baseball players, some big names, including David Price and Los Angeles Dodgers, probably the biggest name to have opted out of the upcoming season due to concerns due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Larry Scott said, quote, as a general principle, our schools unequivocally want to protect and support the student athlete scholarship if they have a health concern given the current crisis. How that is managed on the individual campuses is up to universities, but student athletes need to know that they are protected, that their scholarships are protected. Everything I've heard out of BYU is that if a player were to decide that they don't want to play, BYU is not going to punish them and say, you know what, you need to you need to play or else we're taking your scholarship away. They understand how much of a uh, of a concern this is for certain people. It sounds like most BYU players are intent on playing the season, though. I obviously would expect that there might be a small handful who decide to opt out, and this would be across all fall sports for BYU, and I think all sports in general. But I think, by and large, these student-athletes, they know what they're up against, and I think they've weighed the odds and they've decided they want to go play. We'll see what happens with that. I I look at it, and I think that these student-athletes, they have, for all intents and purposes, made the decision that they want to proceed. College football, BYU in particular, coming up this Saturday, can start their official six-week clock getting ready for college football this fall. I believe teams that play week zero, if I'm not mistaken, they can start Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, let's see, so four days Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think it's tomorrow or Wednesday. Week zero teams can begin that six-week clock getting ready for the college football season. I don't know at this point if the college football season is going to happen. 
as I've said previously, and I'll continue to state, my hopes, my prayers, and just my overall gut feeling is that somehow, some way, college football will be played this fall. How that looks, I don't know. But I look at this and say, you know what? It's something that needs to happen. One also interesting comment here before we wrap this up from Larry Scott. Also, the question was, what are the chances that other fall sports, such as women's soccer, indoor volleyball, cross country, etc., will have seasons with or without football happening this fall? Larry Scott said, quote, it is my personal observation that our ability to play sports in the fall will have less to do with sport by sport consideration. The really open question is about whether limited contact in sports will transmit the infection or if it is sustained contact that transmits the virus. I think it is still up in the air about how risky it is with contact sports. Our ability to play sports in the fall will have more to do with the macro elements and behavior in our society. What happens when thousands of young people come back to our campuses? What will happen with the spread of the virus? What will be the impact on health services? Right now, the early indications are concerning. What we've seen in the last few weeks gives us reason to be concerned that when campuses open up, there could be spikes that put pressure on healthcare systems. And from my perspective, that is really the biggest risk to college sports in the fall, be it football, soccer, or volleyball. I think sports that are played outside have a better chance of happening than sports that are being played inside. So women's volleyball, where it's an indoor sport, probably going to be tougher. Cross country, where you largely aren't having contact, seems like it'd be a sport that could go off a little bit easier. I think women's soccer and football, with the contact sustained in both, there's a concern there. But as I said, I think that college football administrators across the country understand the financial ramifications of not playing the upcoming season, and they are going to do everything under the sun to see what they can do to play this season, because they understand that they need that money coming in. That involves with BYU. I think BYU is being very smart about it. We talked about it last week. I applaud them for their being so upfront with their season ticket holders, with their student athletes. I had a conversation with a student athlete actually just over this past weekend, ran into him. He said that BYU, in terms of their monitoring of student athletes, has been top notch. They're being checked on constantly. They're having temperature checks. They've been tested for COVID-19 previously. They are making sure that they are taking care of, speaking of BYU's administration, both in the athletic administration and at the university level. I applaud BYU. I hope that college football is, is coming this fall. But Larry Scott's comments, it's kind of a, it's a we'll see what happens approach. And I think it's the best approach you can have at this point because we don't know ultimately what's going to happen. But as I said, I am staking my thought process is that college football is going to happen in one shape, way, or form. And if a team can't make it happen this fall, maybe they're in a community where just the spike is just way too much and the concerns are are overwhelming, maybe they move on and those teams don't get a play. But I can think this is just my gut feeling. This is my informed having read up on a bunch of this is that any team that can play will play and they will put this together piece by piece as best they possibly can. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see what happens, but it sounds like over the next few weeks, it could be very interesting. Uh, one additional note for you guys is on the zone sports network last week, the big sky commissioner. He said the next four weeks might be the most critical four weeks in college football or college sports history. I don't think he's out of line in saying that. Uh, I think it's a very well-reasoned take. He wants to make sure that student-athletes are protected, but also he understands that their financial ramifications for student-athletes and athletic departments as a whole, well, a lot is going to depend on the next month or so before ultimate final decisions come down regarding the fall sports season on into the future. So 
we'll see what happens. But as I said previously, my hope is that we have football this fall. It's going to be a long, bleak fall if we don't have that back. But we'll be tracking it for you regardless and talking BYU sports in the meantime. All right, coming up here in just a second, move on to a happier topic, and that is our player countdown series. 59 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off the season up at Rice-Eccles Stadium. I'm telling you guys, I'm going to count this down until told otherwise. So we're 59 days away. The best player to have worn that number in BYU history, well, he plays a pretty prominent role in the, in the rivalry's history most recently. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute today and talk to you about our good friends at rockauto.com. You guys have heard me talk about this company. Rockauto.com is a family business. That's one of my favorite parts about it. It's a family doing this, serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com and to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for whatever type of car you've got, car, truck, SUV, Anything in between, rockauto.com has the parts for your vehicle. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. I'm telling you guys, shag carpeting could be coming back, and rockauto.com might be able to help you out with that. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and all of it is delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So your mechanic can't go on rockauto.com, put in some special little code, and get a better price than you'll get at rockauto.com. That's what I love about this company. Their catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specification, or even the prices that you prefer to pay, and I'll search it out for you guys. It's a great way to go about getting the parts that you need for your vehicle. All of us rely on our vehicles. We want to make sure they're they're being taken care of. So rockauto.com can be a key cog in that process for you guys. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck or SUV right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you from right here on Locked On Cougars. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. That's our good friends at rockauto.com. As I just mentioned, guys, we are 59 days away from BYU and Utah scheduled to kick off the college football season up there at Rice-Eccles Stadium on a Thursday. Can't be, couldn't, excuse me, be more excited for the upcoming season and looking forward to seeing these two teams renew their acquaintances in the 101st playing of the Holy War game, or as we like to call it here on the podcast, the church and state rivalry game. And today... Our best player to have worn this number in, in BYU history, it's an easy selection, and he has a, played an important role in the rivalry history most recently, and that is Kyle Whittingham. Yes, Utah's current head coach, he is the best player to have worn this number in BYU history. He actually started out his career as a BYU Cougar on the offensive side of the ball, funny enough, played at Provo High School, came to BYU, had nine carries for just 25 yards as a freshman playing for Lavelle Edwards. Then his dad, Fred Whittingham, who was the defensive coordinator at BYU at the time, uh, moved him over to defense, made him a middle linebacker, and he went on to just have an absolutely marvelous career for BYU. He was the uh, Western Athletic Conference Co-Defensive Player of the Year in 1981, also earned honorable mention All-American status, and one of the best parts about this story, uh, he's one of the best friends of a guy you may know as Jim McMahon. It's kind of a funny story, but Kyle rubs shoulders with some of the best players in BYU history. You think about when he played from 1978 to 1981, all of the great players who went through BYU at that point. 
really got close with a number of influential figures in BYU history, but he himself, one of the influential figures in BYU history, now on the opposite side of the things, owning a nine-game winning streak over his alma mater in the rivalry history. BYU will be looking to snap that 59 days away from today. Uh, senior season for Kyle Whittingham, very impressive. This is what made him whack co-defensive player of the year. 132 total tackles, seven sacks, 16 tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, and two interceptions. Wow. Very impressive numbers. Kyle went on to have some time briefly in the pro game before beginning his coaching career, spent time at Idaho State, uh, and then ended up with Utah and has been there ever since. He has been the head coach for a while, and there is no reason to think that he will be anywhere but Utah until he decides to hang it up. And here's hoping that BYU can get a win for Kalani Satake over Kyle Whittingham Obviously, Kalani Satake owes a lot to what Kyle Whittingham did for him in his coaching career. Kalani spending a long time up there on the staff at Utah, but uh, just looking at it, it was a really easy selection today to have Kyle Whittingham as the best player to have worn the number 59 in BYU history. One other player to mention is kind of an honorable mention in this is Rich Kafusi, the younger brother of Steve Kafusi. Rich Kafusi was a junior college transfer who came from BYU and was a good player for the Cougars in the early 1990s. Finished with 115 tackles and 14 sacks during his time as a Cougar. And he actually was a part of the Tiesman rap, if you guys remember that Tiesman rap way back when. Uh, Rich Kafusi was featured in that. But a lot of fun going on with this player countdown series. I love doing this. The nice part is, I know some of you had expressed that, hey, are we done with linemen yet? And I have a soft spot for linemen because that's the position I played in high school, both offensive and defensive line. But I understand you guys are like, okay, I'm sick of talking about offensive line play, Jake. Let's move on here. Well, now that we're in the 50s, we'll be 58 tomorrow. More defensive linemen, linebackers, and soon enough running backs, safeties, defensive backs, run quarterbacks, wide receivers, they'll all be re-entering the fray here, and it should be a lot more fun to talk about. Maybe keep you guys a little more awake when we talk about these, but I promise you guys we're going to do number 99 all the way to number one as we count you down towards BYU and Utah kicking off the season, and that's what we're going to do. So today, number 59, Kyle Whittingham is the best Cougar to have worn that number. Rich Kafusi gets a little bit of a nod as an honorable mention candidate in that, but this is a ton of fun to do. I, I honestly, guys, when I read up on these players and who has done what in their BYU careers, I actually learned things that I maybe had heard at some point, but had forgotten. I know a lot of useless trivia about BYU history. There's no doubt about it, but it's fun to read up on these players, learn about them, look back at what they did in their BYU's careers and just kind of reminisce a little bit. So that's what I hopefully am doing for you guys. I know Kyle Winningham, maybe a little of a PTSD deal considering he went up to the University of Utah and has now just become a thorn in the side of the BYU football program. But regardless, it's still a lot of fun to talk about these great players in BYU history. And hey, you can't talk about the BYU-Utah rivalry without involving Kyle Winningham having played at BYU and now having coached at Utah for as long as he have on the other side of the rivalry. It's a ton of fun regardless. So Kyle Winningham, our best player to have worn the number 59 in BYU history on today's podcast. All right, coming up in just a second, we need to talk about BYU volleyball. Men's volleyball, the presumptive uh, national champion from this past season, should be the heavy favorite going into next season to win the national championship. Well, they actually signed another stellar recruiting class, and we'll talk a little bit about that here in just a little bit. I need to take a minute, though, before we do that and tell you about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. I've told you about these guys. I trust 
these guys and they take care of my house. All Guard Pest Control is a local pest control company that's based in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. Whether you live in Davis, Weber County, Salt Lake County, uh, and even, even out into the Tooele Valley, even the Wasatch County area, they can take care of you guys. They're that mobile and that willing to help out anybody who has pest control needs. Whatever your pest control issue might be, ants, spiders, termites, uh, grasshoppers, katydids, praying mantises, I don't know what you might have bugging you guys or trying to get inside your home. They can take care of it, speaking of our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Big time BYU fans, Seth and his team are the best of the best. Like I said, I trust them to take care of my home. I had them out here about a month ago at this point, and I have to tell you guys, it's been smooth sailing since then. We had some concerns with spiders and some other creepy crawly things getting in the house. My wife said, hey, we need to get All Guard out here again. We brought them out, and since then, it's been really nice. No creepy crawly things. That's what I love about All Guard Pest Control, guys. A great company with a great reputation. They're Online reviews are impeccable. I give them the highest recommendation I can possibly give to anybody. 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10, whatever you want me to put, five stars, I'll give it to them. I love this company. I hope you guys will trust them to take care of your pest control needs. They're taking the utmost concern, especially right now with the COVID-19 pandemic, to make sure that you feel safe when they come out to treat your home. So you don't have to have concern about that when it comes to All Guard. They're making sure that they wear gloves. They have masks on. They want to make sure you feel comfortable as the customer when they come out to treat your home. So trust our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. I trust them. I hope you guys will trust them as well. You can call All Guard at 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or check them out online at allguardpestcontrols.com. As we close out this Monday edition of the show, wanted to run down the new recruits that will be joining the BYU men's volleyball program this fall. This year's team for BYU men's volleyball should be the presumptive number one team going into the season. I thought they should have been awarded the national championship, but alas, that was not to be after their season was canceled about, what, two-thirds of the way through. Unfortunate that that happened, but they added nine new names to the BYU men's volleyball program. Head coach Sean Olmstead said, quote, We're looking forward to welcoming this year's recruiting class to campus this fall. It's always an exciting time for these young men and our team as we continue to build our program here at BYU. We've got great existing leadership on our current roster. It'll be great mentors to these incoming recruits as they transition to playing Division I volleyball. The nine new athletes that are part of this year's recruiting class, five of them were named to the 2020 AVCA High School All-American watch list. BYU's class was tied for 10th by VolleyballMag.com's recruiting rankings. So some pretty impressive athletes coming in. We're running down the names here real quick for you guys. Anthony Scherfan, he's an opposite-slash-outside hitter from Los Angeles, California. David hit David Hawkins, excuse me, an outside hitter from Clovis, California. There's going to be a lot of Californians on this list. I can tell you guys that much. Cooper Jarman, he's a center from Las Vegas, Nevada. Ian Little, an opposite from Temecula, California. Zio Meyer, a setter from Wheaton, Illinois, coming from back east. Jack Palmer, an outside hitter from Encinitas, California. Mix Romanis, an outside hitter from Walnut Creek, California. Caleb Sorensen, middle blocker from Wheaton, Illinois. And Brigham Spilsbury, an outside hitter from Mesa, Arizona. So, very much a Domestic team or domestic not team recruiting class for BYU men's volleyball this year, where they've actually gone international the past few years and brought in a lot of talent. But the funny thing about this is, is BYU men's volleyball their roster this year is going to be absolutely loaded top to bottom with talent. You think of some of these guys are coming back to play that senior year that was granted to them as spring athletes who didn't get to finish their senior year. 
I'm telling you, playing time will be at a premium for BYU men's volleyball this coming winter slash spring, so going in 2021. But I'm telling you, this team, Sean Olmstead's squad, should be the number one team going into the preseason and should be expected to win the national championship. And that would end, if they were to win it in 2021, it would end a 15-year drought by my reckoning. Let's see, 2004 to 2021, actually longer than that. That would be, yeah, what, 21 minus 4, 17 years. I'm doing math on the podcast. Apologies for that. 17-year drought that BYU has not won a national championship. I talked about a little while ago here on the podcast that BYU come through and won a number of these close calls they've had in national championship matches, making it to the Final Four in recent years. You could call BYU the team of the 2020s, but the fact that they haven't won a title since 2004, well, it's kind of hard to to call them that team. So maybe this year, speaking of 2021, will be the year that BYU finally breaks back through in men's volleyball and wins the national title. There's still a long season to go, but it looks like on paper that BYU should be the best or considered the best team in college volleyball, men's volleyball, speaking of that, going into the season. And I look forward to seeing what these nine new recruits do as BYU Cougars beyond that. These guys are probably looking at it saying, you know what, my chance to finally break into the rotation is probably 2022 at the best. Maybe one or two of them breaks in this year. But at the bare minimum, it appears that the cupboards will be well stocked for BYU men's volleyball going forward. And Sean Olmstead should be set up for a continued run of success here as the head coach of the men's volleyball program. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. A big thank you for your guys' continued support of the show. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com, as well as our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Support those companies that support us. And if you guys would like to advertise with us, be happy to have you guys on board. Feel free to reach out anytime. You can check us out online, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The show is at Locked On Cougars. Search us out there. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And also the show's email address, probably the easiest way to do business inquiries, is lockedonbyu at gmail.com. If you guys will enjoy Indulge me for just a moment. I need to take a minute on today's show and wish a special happy birthday to my mother, Janet. Uh, she's celebrating her birthday today, July 6th. And mom, happy birthday to you. You guys that know my mother or those that may not know, she is one of my just closest confidants in this entire world, as most mothers are, but my mom a little more so. She's both my biggest critic and my biggest supporter. I can tell you guys that much. She loves what I do with my work, but she's also not afraid to tell me when I screw up on stuff. And hey, mom, if you're listening, happy birthday. Looking forward to celebrating with you a little bit later on today. And thank you for letting me get that special birthday shout out on today's podcast to all the rest of you guys who are listening in. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. Hopefully your holiday weekend was phenomenal. We'll be back with you guys every day talking BYU sports throughout the week and throughout the coming weeks as we get closer and closer to the presumptive start of the college football season. We'll have it all covered for you guys right here on this podcast. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 6th, 2020. We will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.